Hey friends, welcome to the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to encourage and inspire you in your walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Caracosta, ministry leader here at Somebody Cares America International, author and traveler on this journey of faith. You probably know by now that I always ask my guests, what woman of the Bible has inspired, encouraged, or taught her something? But what about you? I'd love to hear what woman of the Bible has helped you in your walk of faith. So email me at hergodstory at somebodycares.org and tell me why. I just might read it in a future episode to encourage others who are listening. Remember, email me at hergodstory at somebodycares.org. I have another question for you. What is truth? That's the question Pilate asked when he was interrogating Jesus. Jesus had just said an astonishing thing. Let's read it from John 18, 37. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And then Pilate asks rhetorically, what is truth? If you have read the book of John, you might recall that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, which was recorded in John 14, 6. So right there, we have an answer for Pilate. Jesus is truth. But that opens the door to a lot of questions, doesn't it? R.C. Sproul, a great theologian, said, truth is defined as that which corresponds to reality as perceived by God. If we agree with R.C. Sproul, which I do, that closes the door to the whole notion of personal truth or subjective truth that's so prevalent in the world today. If you think about it, the notion of personal truth and subjective reality is unnerving and completely illogical. That would mean that nothing is true and everything is true, which cannot be. I know this is heady talk for a podcast that's supposed to be about God's stories, but I've said all that to lead into the stories of two women in the New Testament, Priscilla and Sapphira. Through their stories, we're going to take a look at how knowledge of the truth should impact our lives. Priscilla and Sapphira were both believers and members of the early church during the time of the apostles, somewhere around 30 to 50 AD. If you remember anything from your world history, you might recall that this was during the time of the Roman emperors Tiberius, Caligula, Claudius, and Nero. There was a lot of resistance and even persecution of Jews and Christians during that time, which comes into play particularly in the life of Priscilla. But let me not get ahead of myself. Let's examine Sapphira first. Sapphira and her husband Ananias came to Christ soon after the resurrection of Jesus. They lived in Jerusalem and were part of the gathering of believers that included Peter, John, James, Barnabas, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and others who had known Jesus well. It's very likely that Sapphira had personally heard Jesus while he was on earth. So she and her husband had every opportunity to take in powerful teaching and apply it to their lives. In those early days, Acts 4, 32 through 37 records, that all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There was no needy people among them, 
because those who own land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. Pretty amazing to think about. Believers there in Jerusalem willingly gave sacrificially what they had so other believers would not lack what they needed. They were living out the teachings of Jesus who had come to testify to the truth. The truth affected both their attitudes and their actions. If you read Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, you'll quickly see many of the truths that they were living out. For instance, Acts 6, 3 and 4 says, When you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The key phrase, when you give to the needy. Verse 19 and 19 through 21 says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And verses 31 through 34 says, So don't worry about these things saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Jesus talked about a lot of things while he was walking on the earth. He was teaching us how to live in the kingdom of God. Mark 1.15 records Jesus saying, The kingdom of God has come near. Repent, which means change course, and believe the good news. And often in his parables, Jesus started by saying, the kingdom of God is like this or that. So in his Sermon on the Mount and many other times, Jesus taught us how to live when we're citizens of the kingdom of God. If we go back to R.C. Sproul's quote, Jesus was giving us a glimpse of God's reality, which is truth. Now back to Sapphira. Acts 5 verses 1 through 11 tells her story. She and her husband, Ananias, owned some property. Like Barnabas, they sold it, decided to give some of the proceeds to the apostles for the needs of those in the church. Nothing wrong with that. The problem was they lied about what they were doing. Ananias brought some of the money to the apostles in front of a lot of the other members of the church and claimed he and Sapphira were giving the full proceeds from the sale of the property. It was a bold-faced lie. They kept some of the money back. Now, they had every right to keep however much they wanted, but they lied about it. They wanted to look good in front of the apostles and the others in the church. They were not living according to the truths taught by Jesus. Instead, they were following Satan, who was the father of lies, in trying to deceive their brothers and sisters for some personal gain of prestige. This was in the fledgling days of the church, and God did not want seeds of deceit planted in the church. So he revealed the lie to Peter, and Ananias dropped dead. Everyone who saw or heard what happened took notice, and the fear of the Lord became very real. A few hours later, after Ananias' body was taken away, Sapphira came in. She'd not yet heard what happened. She didn't know her husband was dead. Peter asked her if she and Ananias had sold the land for the amount Ananias had claimed, and Sapphira stuck to their agreed-upon lie. When Peter asked the question, 
It should have raised red flags for her, but she was committed to the lie, and almost immediately, she dropped dead too. Sapphira was not committed to the truth, and it cost her dearly. Now, only God knows what was truly in her heart, but at that time, God wanted to underline his commitment to truth for all future generations. I confess, when I was a teenager, I was a flat-out liar. I wove such a web of lies that I had to be careful what I said to who so I didn't get caught up in it. Praise God, he convicted me of it, and eventually I repented, but twisting or embellishing the truth to make myself look better in certain situations continued to be a struggle for many years. Thankfully, the work of the Holy Spirit in me has continued, making me a lover of truth, one who delights in truth, as 1 Corinthians 13, 6 says. And if you struggle with deception of any kind, he will do the same for you if you submit to his leading and seek out truth in God's word. Because he is full of mercy and love, God has not meted out the same judgment on everyone who's lied in the church like he did Ananias and Sapphira. But when Jesus said in Matthew 5, 46, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect, he was serious. Casual commitment to truth only when it's convenient or fits our personal philosophy of life won't cut it. Of course, we can never be perfect on our own, which is why the father sent his Holy Spirit to live in us and to transform us into his image which is perfect. When we sin, we can repent and be cleansed. Now, let's look at Priscilla. Priscilla and her husband, Aquila, were Jews who lived in Rome. When Claudius became emperor of the Roman world, one of the things he did was decree that all the Jews had to leave Rome. So Priscilla and Aquila packed up and left. They went to Corinth and settled there. Corinth was a bustling metropolis, so there was plenty of work for their tent-making business. And during his second missionary journey, Paul went to Rome. He was welcome there and stayed about a year and a half. While he was there, he met Priscilla and Aquila and joined their tent-making business, since he, Paul, was also a tent-maker. Now, during that time, working so closely with them, Priscilla and Aquila learned about Jesus and his teachings. On an aside, some scholars think they may have become Christians in Rome before they left, but either way, working side by side with Paul grounded them in this faith. Can you imagine being directly discipled by the Apostle Paul? They became so close to Paul that when he left Corinth to continue his missionary journey, Priscilla and Aquila went with him to Ephesus. The Ephesians desperately wanted Paul to stay on and teach them about Christ but he could not stay at that point. So when he left, he asked Priscilla and Aquila to stay behind. Acts 18 does not specifically say why he left them there, but my guess is that he asked them to stay and teach the new believers the truth and the ways of the Lord. Because not long after Paul, a young evangelist named Apollos arrived in Ephesus. Apollos is a persuasive teacher and people were responding to his message. But Priscilla and Aquila heard him, and they recognized that he did not fully understand the teachings of Christ. So they invited him home, and Acts 18.26 says, they explained to him the way of God more adequately. I love that, 
Because Priscilla and Aquila had thoroughly studied Jesus' teachings with Paul, they recognized error. And they did something about it. They didn't embarrass Apollos in front of the others by calling him out, but in love, they invited him into their home and shared the full truth with him. It's very likely that the believers in Corinth met in their home too. So when Apollos wanted to continue his missionary journey after staying there for a while, the believers encouraged him and sent him off with letters of recommendation. If we continue reading Acts, we find Apollos was a great help to believers in Achaia where he went next, and he vigorously refuted Jesus' opponents, proving from Scripture that Jesus was the Messiah. So Priscilla and Aquila's steadfastness to truth and willingness to teach others in a loving way certainly equipped Apollos for the work God had called him to do. Sometime after the Emperor Claudius died, Jews were allowed to return to Rome, and it appears that Priscilla and Aquila returned there, because Romans 6, 3-5 through says that Paul sends greetings to them back from when he was in Corinth. And he says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful to them. And so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. So they were back in Rome, hosting the church in their home. But did you catch that Paul said they once risked their lives for me? Does that bring to mind any of Jesus' teachings? What about John 15, 13, which says, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for a friend. They embraced the teachings of Jesus, the truth, and let Holy Spirit transform them so they lived according to that truth. They were living like citizens of the kingdom of God. Later in their life, they returned to Ephesus. This is where Timothy, another of Paul's companions, was stationed. In 1 Timothy 1.3, Paul urged Timothy to stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrine any longer. Maybe Priscilla and Aquila returned to Ephesus to help Timothy restore truth in the church there. We know from Paul's second letter to Timothy that they once again opened their home for the church in Ephesus to meet. So Priscilla and Aquila were defenders of truth. They allowed truth to work in them, so their actions showed them to be citizens of heaven. A.W. Tozier once said, The true follower of Christ will not ask, If I embrace this truth, what will it cost me? Rather, he will say, This is the truth. God help me to walk in it. Let come what may. Are you a lover of truth, like Priscilla? Are you willing to stand for truth, speak truth, live out truth, and lovingly defend it? Or are you more like Sapphira, bending truth for your own ends? Romans 1, 18 and 24 to 25 warns, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful thing their hearts desired. As a result, as a result they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. But no, I believe you, dear friend, are like Priscilla. But no, I believe you, dear friend, are like Priscilla, who, as Paul encouraged the Ephesians to do, speaks the truth in love so we can all grow to become in every respect the mature body 
of him who is the head, that is Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 13, 6, it says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. If you struggle to discern truth from all you're hearing in the media, at school, from friends and colleagues, even at church, the best place to go for answers is the word of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. He will be faithful to answer that prayer as you seek him in his word and in prayer. Another thing that might be helpful is for you to go through the Truth Project video study. It's amazing and quite challenging. You'll find a link to the Truth Project in our show notes or just search for it on your internet browser. I encourage you, be like Priscilla. With the belt of truth firmly buckled around your waist, and taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, for God's Word is truth. You can defeat the wiles of the enemy. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for sending Jesus, who is truth, and who defeated the father of lies. Thank you for revealing to us truth through your Word, and thank you for being faithful to give us wisdom and discernment so we can walk in truth. Lord, I ask you to use your Word in each of our lives to show us faulty beliefs we cling to, Renew our minds and give us understanding to discern the truth from all the lies that bombard us daily. Deliver us from the lies of the enemy concerning our identity, our worth, even lies we've believed about you. Give us insight and understanding to reject the lies and cling to the truth. And Father, give us grace and courage to stand for truth, walk in truth, lovingly speak truth to others. Teach us to live as citizens of your kingdom and be your true ambassadors in this life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, dear friends, there are widows as well as orphans all over the world who need to experience the tangible expression of God's love right now. James one twenty seven tells us true religion is to care for the widows and orphans and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Many of these widows and orphans have special needs that we as a company of women can meet together. Will you consider joining us with a special gift to help? Just go to the HerGodStory.org website and click on the Widow and Orphan tab at the top of the page. Thank you for tuning in. In our show notes at HerGodStory.org, you'll find scriptures and other information we talked about. And you can also get a six-week devotional book on women of the Bible to download for absolutely free. Or you may want to purchase a 12-week devotional that we'll send you for just $12, knowing that all the proceeds will go to the Widow and Orphan Fund. We'd love to pray with you on our 24-7 prayer and text line. So give us a call anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friends, I bless you from Psalm 43, verse 3. May the Lord send out his light and his truth to guide you. May he lead you to his holy mountain, to the place where he lives. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.